Al Berry and Tim Parrish. This is the Puck Junk Podcast. Hello and welcome to the newest episode of the Puck Junk Hockey Podcast. I am Sal Berry and along with me is Tim Parrish. And today we are going to take a look back 30 years. We're also going to take a look ahead two weeks. So we're, we're moving forwards and backwards in the timeline. Uh, and uh, Tim, how are you today? This, uh, this fine, fine day? I'm good. Yeah, I'm doing well. You uh, you had the kids for a while, so you were uh, you had your hands full. I did. They uh, they actually stayed for a week. And now they're on vacation, far far away. So ah, okay. Yeah. So so, so it was uh, nice. It was nice being able to see them because that was the first time I actually got to hang out with them for an extended amount of time since the the whole quarantine thing. So it was nice. Home. Now, did you and your kids, you and your two boys do any card-related things or sport-related things, like any, anything trading card-related? Um, Were they outgrowing that now? Yeah, we, I mean, I usually will take them to the shows and stuff when I, when I have an opportunity to, if, if they're around. Um, they like to do that, but as far as cards and everything goes, they're, they're hit and miss. Uh, the older one isn't too much into it anymore Mm -hmm. and the younger one is uh if it's if it's not video related and you can't push buttons on it he pretty much doesn't Hmm. have any interest in it so okay yeah that 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 seems to be pretty commonplace so he he does use top skate though oh interesting yeah um yeah i haven't i haven't touched top skate you know top skate launched itself like the day before the nhl announced it was making its uh summer come back and i was just like whoa that's prophetic right like or i don't know top skate just always like opens like it'll just randomly open on my phone in like unexpected times and it always scares me a little bit because like it'll like make that noise that it'll make like that that cheering noise and then like the glass breaking of you getting the the, the ten thousand coins or whatever and it's just like, ah, like all of a sudden it just comes out of nowhere. And I'm just like, no, I never told you to open. I never had the sound. I never have the sound on on my phone. It's always mm-hmm. muted. Mm-hmm. So I never knew there was actually sound to that app until my wife downloaded it and got it. And then I heard all these crazy noises and sounds. I was like, what is all that? She's like, it's the skate app. Oh, like, I love the little shwick, shwick sound. Shwick, shwick, shwick. When yeah. you're like swiping through the car or flipping them over. I, I like that. No, I've I've continued to do it since it launched. So every year it's been out. I I keep up with it, and I'm almost done with series one from this year. So, you know, like what what killed Top Skate for me, and I know we're we aren't really going to talk about this today, but as long as we're on the topic, well, what killed this for me, and I talked about this in an article, is that once the playoffs rolled around, um, all the cards from the regular season were not able to be used in the playoffs. And that pissed me off because I had spent the whole season trading and powering up and combining my cards. And now all of a sudden they were worthless. And that was really annoying to me. And so I, that was in the, that was in the beginning and that's how they, that's how it started off. Um, Over the years, they've, they've kind of changed the rules a little bit and how they do things. There's a separate playoff. um, There's, there are separate playoff cards now that you get in playoff packs uh, that you can use your daily coins to pick up that'll have players that are available to use. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but um yeah the the powering up and the melding of cards and all of that kind of stuff isn't isn't like it was in the very beginning it, they 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 got rid of that functionality and it's reserved more for special um special type cards hmm. like the mat, the matchups right now the the big thing is the uh one on one matchups between teams so they've taken a look at games that were canceled in the back mm-hmm. half of the season and they each week they put a list of matchups of games that would have taken place mm-hmm. you know like Blackhawks versus the Stars right or um the Coyotes versus the Predators or something and people vote on what they want their matchup to be and then whoever wins they put packs that have exclusive cards for one of those teams whichever pack you pick that's your team and everybody that picks those packs you try to collect as many of the players and the scoring cards as you can versus the opposing team and their fans collecting the the cards and the scoring cards at the same time you try to get those people to trade you theirs so that they lose goals and you gain goals and whoever has the most points at the end you get a exclusive card for that team and then the people that pick the other team that lost they get nothing so and you can meld those if you get three of them you can meld them for a signature so yeah nothing about that sounded fun it's something different yeah no i i, I get it so something different and it's free so so let's talk about some real cards um so uh, Upper Deck's game-dated moments uh, for week 35. So card number 81 is Roberto Luongo becomes sixth goalie to post a shutout in the Stanley Cup in his Stanley Cup final debut. Well, yeah, okay, but uh, <laughs> but it, it kind of sucks because he didn't win that Stanley Cup final. So it's just like, you know, all right, okay, cool. He becomes the sixth goalie to post a shutout in his Stanley Cup final debut. Whoop-de-doo. Because, well, I mean, I get it. It's nice, and I like Luongo, but, you know, making a card about that, I guess it's okay. It's, it's. I mean, I feel like they're 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 kind of scraping a little bit because it's not like the first goalie to get a shutout in a Stanley Cup final debut. It's the sixth goalie, and also that goalie was the losing goalie in the series. And in card 82, uh, from June 4th, 1980, Cordy Howe announces retirement after 26 seasons. Now, that's cool because that's something before my time as a hockey fan. Wish they used a better picture. It's like this weirdly off-center, like, Gordie Howe's head is, like, at the bottom of the card because they're trying to fit in part of the Whalers logo, but they don't even fit in the whole logo, just the bottom part of it. So you're just like, what? Oh, that's a Whalers logo. So uh, anyway, so those cards are available for $3.99 on UpperDeckEPAC.com with the purchase of any card to unlock these cards so that you could buy them. Um, And and Tim, I know you don't buy EPAC cards, so I'm not even going to ask. Well, I don't. don't, You generally get the game-dated moments ones. Um, I'll buy them after the fact, Mm -hmm. but I generally don't buy them outright off of EPAC. I, I do EPAC. I open the free packs every day and occasionally I'll pick something up here and there, especially when they're on sale and series two dropped this week on EPAC. So, um, people have been hitting those pretty hard. I opened a few packs. Yeah. I mean, I, Got a I Kale bought car young gun. Oh, well that's, that, that's not too shabby, which is nice. Cause those not familiar with EPAC young guns are considered hits 
and they're actual cards. Mm-hmm. Whereas the base cards generally are not cards unless you meld them up to the parallel to where you can actually get the actual card. So unlike Top Skate, where it's all fake and digital, this is partially digital with the chance of actual real. Well, but the, the, the free cards are all digital. They are. And you can and that sucks, combine those to together. For what? Uh, you can combine those together um, for like the next parallel up, I guess. But- Still, no, because they're like the purple ones. Are they still doing the purple parallels? Purples are in the free packs, yes. Yeah, but then can you, they're not combinable. Mm, oh, yeah, maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe those aren't combinable. Yeah, because they used to be. Maybe just the regular the, ones are. They used to be base cards and you get three per pack. And then I would actually just get them every day. And then, you know, after a couple of weeks, I'd have like, you know, 40, 50 of them. And then I'd start combining them and trading them and just trying to like combine them for like um, real cards, you know, like the, the shiny cards that I could, you know, buy, sell, trade that actually had some sort of a value. But like the purple parallels, it's just like, okay, it's just a digital version of the card that, uh, you know, of, of a base card. But it's yeah, there's it just doesn't yeah, I'm I'm not too excited about those. Um but but talk to me about uh two thousand nineteen twenty SP authentic because that uh, that dropped this week as well or last week as well. Yes yeah, SP came out. Um basically you know SP every year has has tended to be that traditional white all white card with some some sort of similar design from year to year. Um, this year was was no exception. I don't know if you've have you seen the what the what the base cards look like. Nah. Um, they're they're similar. Um, they threw out the uh, the future watches again, mm-hmm. uh, like always. The future uh, with the future watch autos. They also have the spectrum, um, and the other feature of SP is always the update series of. Um, upper deck series one and two uh, where they have uh, some additional cards to continue the base set as well as um, additional young guns are usually thrown into there uh, as well as all-star game ones all-star game cards to highlight in the end but uh, i think the big the big news on this if you want to talk about specific things is there were a lot of box in case breakers out there with group breaks posting that um, many, many boxes were left sans autograph and boxes should have at least one autograph in it, potentially two, uh, but they should have at least one future watch auto and then one additional autograph um, can be pulled. And some of the boxes didn't even have the one. And a lot of people are posting, you know, occasionally you see these, one-offs, two-offs kind of thing. But this was like a rash of them very quickly. And um, people took to social media not too kindly to that whole, I don't want to call it a debacle, but let's call it a glitch um, in in the system. But Upper Deck was pretty quick to respond. Um, They did post on many of the people that that tagged uh, Upper Deck and Upper Deck support. Um, did get a response back, and they were direct messaging people individually. Uh, essentially, it boils down to 
save your receipt, save your box, save your wrappers. Um, and they're essentially going to make it right. So good on them for that. Great customer service. Um, but, uh, yeah, I found that interesting. Somehow it's, uh, the glitch in the system caused, uh, many, many autographs to go missing. So. Wow. That is, that is quite the glitch. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I'll just, I'll point this out. So, um, you know, no, another feature, if you will, of SP Authentic is that it has update cards for Upper Deck Series 1 and Series 2. Now, I think Upper Deck Series 1 and Series 2 is awesome. That's my favorite set. And I I've, I wrote an article a couple years ago saying that Upper Deck needs to make a Series 3. They do Series 1, they do Series 2, they should do Series 3. I would freaking love that. Because there's over 700 guys who play in the NHL. Right, sure. there's over 700 veterans. So I mean, you could do 200 base cards, 200 base cards, 200 base cards. You'd have 600, and then maybe you don't have 150 rookies per year, but you probably do. You know, if you count some of the leftover, well, you wouldn't necessarily have leftovers if you're doing a series three. So then maybe you 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 throw in a few all star cards, highlight cards, trophy winner cards, whatever. I mean, you just you figure it out to make it, um, you know, 650, a 750 card set. I think there's a market for that. Um, I, I asked Upper Deck about that, and they said, no, retailers are not interested in a Series 3. It was basically what they told me when I reached out and I asked them, which was cool that they answered my question because I said, you know, how come you don't do, you know, uh, illustrated checklists? How come you don't do fun cards like back in the 90s when you had, like, you know, Doug Waits standing on the beach, you know what I mean? Or, or um, you know, th those kind of fun, you know, Pavel Bure with the rollerblades, those those types of cards. Um, and, uh, you know, now the, all the images have to be approved by the Players Association before they go on a trading card, so that's why that doesn't happen. But, um, so... Well, this it's, year it's it boils down to, I think there's six, 16... I want to say there's 16 base, um, I don't want to call them inserts, but there's continuation of the of the base checklist. Right, there's I saw 16 you base ones that are um, players that were traded late or mm -hmm. were left somehow left out of the original checklist. Um, like David Pasternak's in there, Taylor Hall's in there, um, Justin Falk on the Blues, uh, Zucker, Jason Zucker on the Penguins. So, um, so those are included in that grouping. And then there's an additional um, twelve young guns, I think. Yeah. So it looks like um, there is sixteen base update cards, including David Pasternak, Taylor Hall, Linus Olmark. Uh, who do we got here? Justin Falk. There, uh, you know, uh, Alex Martinez, Tyler Toffoli, etc. And then guys, you got, that get, guys that get traded later on, that's that's fodder for those, right? And then you got then young, you guns, young guns, which cards five seventeen to five twenty eight. You have your young guns, and then you have your all star highlights right. cards five twenty nine to five forty two. And in the the young guns for for the update. Um, you have Igor Shosturkin is in there mm -hmm. uh, from the Rangers because uh, he was left out of um, Series 1 and 2. Um, you, all, you also have um, 
Captain Fantastic himself, David Ayers, mm-hmm. um, with his own young gun that has taken the secondary card market world by storm when it comes to hockey cards. Um, his young gun is selling. It was selling right off the bat for about a hundred bucks. It's cooled mm-hmm. off a little bit. You can get it for anywhere from twenty-five to forty, but to me, that's a lot for for a novelty card. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it'll cool way off once uh, once the product's been out for a little while. But uh, yeah, so if you're interested in going after the e-bug, there, there's your, there's your next chance. I want that card, but you know what? I want all of the uh, update cards. And, uh, I mean, they, even if it takes me a little time, I eventually, well, I don't say I eventually get them all. I got, I got all of them from whatever year Matt Murray's, uh, rookie card was. Um, I remember getting all the update cards from that year because Matt Murray was like the last one that I needed. And I like begrudgedly paid $5 for it on EPAC. And now it's probably worth more than that, but I don't care. I, I didn't want to pay five for it to begin with. Cause I don't know. I'm tired of the whole stock market thing. Yeah, I mean, David Ayers is, um, I mean, obviously awesome because of what he did. I mean, we, we talked, we spent the whole show talking about it, um, about what he, you know, he him stepping in for the Hurricanes and making the Maple Leafs look as bad as the Maple Leafs have pretty much been. Um, and, you know, and then he gets a game-dated moment card, and that's great. And then he gets a, a Young Guns card, and that's great. And I think that's really exciting. Um, I wish, I mean, you know, I don't say I wish it was easier to get. It is what it is. You don't have to own every card. You don't, if you can't afford it or don't want to afford it, you don't have to have it. Um, and you can always get a game-dated moment card because they made a lot of those. Uh, I... You know, the one thing I wanted to say, though, I just wanted to point this out because here's a little bit of historical information for, uh, I guess most of you would know this anyway, but if not. So SP Authentic becoming the place for upper deck, upper deck update cards started in 2013 when you had a 2012-13 lockout season. And so Upper Deck had ser- made ser- Series 1's cards. They did not make a Series 2 but then they realized that they didn't include a lot of the good players who would normally have been in series two. Like one that comes to mind is Patrick Kane. Cause I remember he was in the update series because they're like, Oh no, we, there's a handful of superstars that we were saving for series two. We didn't make series two. What do we do? All right, let's make this update series uh, of, you know, 30, 40 cards, whatever, throw it in SP authentic. And so that was kind of like their workaround for that which I thought was kind of a neat idea because it would have been a shame to not have those players in the upper deck proper set. I mean, I still think they should have done a series two anyways, but yeah, I guess, you know, you had two companies making cards at the time and people were maybe a little lukewarm to hockey cards because nothing was going on. Um, I mean, I wasn't, I bought a case of Opeachy that year and uh, even though there was no hockey season going on, but um Again, I'd rather have a Series 3. So I like the fact that they're doing this update series because I want more cards in Upper Deck Series 1, Series 2. You know, so, um, yeah, just not going to spend $100 on a David Ayers card. Maybe um, maybe if we ever get to go to a show again, maybe I'll buy a box, like a real box, like an actual physical box, and build a base set and try to get some Young Guns that way. 
That sounds like a plan. Yeah. Well, the uh, there are no real physical shows going on right now, and it's funny because uh, Sports Collectors Digest still does their show listing in their magazine, but they say at the top, you know, please check to make sure that these shows are still happening due to the coronavirus pandemic. So, uh, and you have, you know, you had some states open up, you know, for, for business again, which, you know, that coupled with the protests, I just, I see the COVID-19 cases are just going to spike, you know, that's not what I'm saying. That's what all the experts are saying. Um, so I'm okay with sheltering at home. And I think one really neat option is what the sports card expo in Toronto is doing. They're going virtual. They're doing their virtual expo. So I just want to throw out that website address. Now it's sportcardexpo.com slash VE for virtual expo sportcardexpo.com V slash VE. So that's Friday, June 19th and Saturday, June 20th. They're basically what they're doing is they're doing a virtual expo. I've they've been doing demonstrations for the vendors. Puck Junk is going to be there. I'm going to be selling some Puck Junk t-shirts. Tim and I will probably do a podcast there on Saturday. At least that's the plan. Um, so it's going to be like a show where they're going to have a main stage and they're going to have like different like rooms and then they're going to have booths, right? And so um, what you do is you just basically you 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 click on a booth to go into it. And there could be up to 500 people at a booth at one time, but only up to 12 people talking. So it's kind of like Zoom, where you have like the different little screens with everybody's, you know, talking head. But um, and that way, the day the dealer can face to face with customers. But then there's also like chat windows if they want to negotiate in private. Uh, and then there's like different like like. Um, I don't say rooms, but like, yeah, like rooms. Um, they're going to do Q&A panels. Uh, so far, they have confirmed uh, Phil Esposito and Reggie Jackson. Uh, and then there's also like the chance to win like one-on-one -on -one conversations with those two athletes. Um, uh, what else? Uh, I don't know how many uh, dealers are going to be there. I know that all the big companies are, are, are going to be active in this. Uh, Maple Leaf Sports Entertainment is going to be a part of it. Uh, Upper Deck, Ultra Pro, um, Tops, I think Tops because of their their skate app. Um, I'll have to double check, but I, actually, I can just look at their web page. So that's what's going on. So I think it's I think it's pretty exciting. Pretty exciting. Uh, let me see here. Uh, uh, eBay, Beckett, Universal Distribution, Frameworth. Um, MAB Celebrity Auction, COMC, Dolly Sports Cards. So those are like the big flagship um, people. And then um, anybody else who wants a booth, they could pay for a booth uh, as far as admission. Uh, so it's $5.99 Canadian for a regular pass, and that's for both days, or $9.99 Canadian for a deluxe pass. Now, if you're paying with U.S. money, it's going to be about 30% cheaper. It'll probably be $4 instead of $6 or... Um, you know, seven dollars instead or eight dollars instead of ten dollars, whatever, uh, for the deluxe pass. And the only difference between those passes is that you're entered into drawings, and the one with the more expensive uh, price, uh, you can win a Sidney Crosby signed jersey. Uh, and I think the and he's 
and that's that's why that one is a little bit more. So you're basically buying like raffle tickets for drawings um, with that, and then that gives you access to the different dealer uh, booths, and and then also the main stage, and also all the other areas, the Q and A's, and everything. Now the only thing is is that this is still you know this is still like buying online. So I mean, uh, you could you could go into a dealer booth. And there's the dealer talking to you, but then there might also be another camera that's trained on his table of goods, or maybe a slideshow with different images of cards, or maybe uh, also in addition to that, or instead of that, there's a link to their eBay store where to see like, hey, you know, what are you looking for? Check out my eBay store. Now that puts more work on the dealer. And I'll tell you this. Looking on eBay is not as much fun as sifting through a stack of cards. I mean, it's it's a pain in the butt when, like, I buy one card from a dealer and I go, oh, I don't want to pay $4 shipping for one card. All right, I'll see what else they have. So I start looking to see if they have any of my guys, you know, Ronick, Chelios, Hutton, um, or if they have any young guns that I need or any marquee rookies that I need. But it's it's tedious. It's work, right? Whereas if somebody hands you a stack of cards, you're like, oh, I need this one. Oh, I like this one. Oh. I kind of want this one too. You know what I mean? And that that's, that's more fun. So you're definitely not getting that experience. You're getting a different experience. Why I think this is great is that um, you're connecting with other fans and other collectors. And, and I think that's why I'm looking forward to it uh, more than anything. And I think that's the key. Cause I know you and I talked off the air about this before and I, I wasn't vo- yeah, well, I w- and I wasn't trying to voice frustration over the whole thing, but the, the, the idea behind it and everything else is, well, how is this any different than if I spend an afternoon flipping through COMC and filling my cart with all kinds of stuff that I want or going through sport lots and finding all the commons for sets that I'm building or, you know, going to eBay and looking for hits that I need and stuff like that. It's not that much different because the thing is powered by eBay. And the idea is you're going to be looking at inventory within a store of a dealer that has set up on the eBay selling platform. But you're right. The the big thing is that people are missing out on is the fellowship with other collectors and being able to be in a place with that many people that are like-minded and are collecting and can talk about their collections and talk about cards and talk about sports and hang out and just have a good time and meet people, you lose that by not having those shows. So, you know, if you've got a computer with a webcam, some headphones and a microphone and an afternoon, now you have the ability to interact with collectors again and possibly make some purchases and find some dealers that may or may not normally have an online presence, but will for this show. Right. And not everybody is necessarily selling their things through eBay. So if you are a a dealer, or even if you just have a lot of cards and you want to sell some of them, what you could do is you can sign up for a booth. There is a fee for it, of course. Um, But you, you, you pay for that. But then you get an, if you don't have an eBay store, you get an eBay store. And then what eBay is doing for the sellers is they're, knocking off 75% of the final value fees. So now if you sell a $10 card instead of 
paying them a dollar commission, you're paying them 25 cents commission. So that's not so bad. I mean, you know, there's still other, you know, and then there's other ways too, because you can negotiate and say, Hey, you know, I, I'll sell you these cards for a hundred bucks, but I don't want to do it through eBay. Just PayPal me this as a friends and family payment or whatever. Um, or you say, I already have a Shopify store or I have a, a you know, a, a platform like, I mean, with like, like my puck junk shirts, you know, I'll, I'll have a link to the store. Um, but I'm more interested in just talking to people. I mean, I've always wanted to go to the Toronto Expo, but it's always just been logistically. It's, it's just never worked for me. Um, because it's a lot of money to go to Toronto, to stay in Toronto, to set up in Toronto. I mean, actually setting up at the show is the least of my worries. It's, it's getting there. It's staying there. It's, it's being there for three days. I mean, it's, it's an expense. It's an expense, and I mean, you have to sell a lot of cards to break even, so maybe you don't look at it as breaking even, you're looking at, at it as marketing yourself, but then I look at just other stuff that's usually going on in my life around then. I mean, it's right before Thanksgiving, it's like finals week at the school that I teach at in the fall, and then in May, May is maybe a little bit better, but um, so I'm excited because I'll be able to participate in this show without going to Toronto. And it's not that I don't want to go to Toronto. It's just that the timing never works for me. Um, and just like monetarily, it doesn't it, it's not in my interest at this time. Um, so I don't know, you know, if, if you're going to the sh uh, this virtual expo, please stop by the puck junk booth and say hello Um and like I said, we're gonna we're gonna do a show, uh, a, a podcast live there. Um, and I will, uh, you know, we'll definitely want to talk to some people for that too. So you know, maybe we can have people come in and 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 talk or ask questions. We could we could do like listener questions, but we could do like live listener questions where we don't have time to research answers or think about something that makes us sound smart. That that'll be that would be interesting. Yeah, that would, that would be, definitely be interesting. Yeah, I mean, I I I know what I know and I know what I don't know, and um, you know, like I mean, for instance, like 1930s hockey cards, I got a lot to learn about those. You know, the Pauline's chocolates and Opeachy oversized cards, which I'm not sure if they're supposed to be drink coasters because I. I usually find them with like a like a ring on them, like somebody set a glass on them, or I don't know what they're supposed to be. They're like five by seven cards. I mean, there's a lot that I don't know about the '30s cards. You know, it's not like you had like a even a consistent set from year to year. So, I mean, um, but I'd say '90s cards. Yeah, I could go toe to toe with anybody on that. '80s cards, probably '70s cards. Eh, you know what? There's somebody 20 years older than me that 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 lived through the seventies. That's going to know more about, you know, Oh, right. well, you know, which, which OPG pop out crest is the short print and what, why, I, why I need to spend $110 for an Atlanta flames logo card, which I'm not, <laughs> right. but you know what I mean? Like uh, there was one dealer and I forgot what his name was a uh, real nice gentleman from, from Canada. He was at the, uh, the national uh, back when it was in, in Chicago in 2019. And he had like, like really ridiculous cards. I'm like, well, what's the, what's the rarest piece you have? And then he like pulls out this thing and he's like, well, 
there were these iron-on transfers in like the 60s, and this is a proof of that. And I'm like, oh, cool. And he's like, yeah, it's $5,000. And I'm like, wow, um, I just found something I don't need. Like I would like, like I looked at that and said, I don't need that. But like, I literally don't need that. But like another, give a contrast though, another dealer, he had five by seven paintings that they were the paintings that were used for the 57, 58 tops cards. So you remember like Glenn Hall's, uh, was that 57? Yeah. Like Glenn Hall's rookie card, you know, it wasn't that one. But there were some of those illustrations because they took black and white photos and then I don't know if they painted over them in color or if they did paintings from those reference photos. But I looked at those and I'm like, oh, my God, those are gorgeous. I forgot what they were. They were out of my range. They were like $700 each. But I'm like, can I take some photos of these? These are so awesome. And he's like, yeah, go ahead. But like, you know, that that's something like I look at that and I go, wow, that's that's cool. You know, and that's the kind of stuff that you hope to see at shows. If you can't afford it, at least you can you can look at it. Yeah, and in nationals and the expo, those are the places you're going to find these, the the rare stuff. So I I think you know what you know what's really good if plastic man if plastic man is there, this is the perfect show for him, where nobody can touch anything of his. It's still going to be under plastic. You're going to be like, uh, can I see that card? <laughs> He's going to have plastic in front of his webcam. <laughs> Oh, it's going to look like he's in a fishbowl. I know. Right. You know, um, it was going to say, um, you, you know, what's actually nice about this is if you are an American buyer, this is actually a good show because shipping from Canada to the United States is affordable. Shipping from the United States to Canada is ridiculous. I mean, if I send you, if I send somebody four hockey cards in a padded envelope, I'm looking at about $14, $15 in shipping to Canada for something that is an ounce, but because it's a padded envelope, right? It's ridiculous. I sent one guy two sets of cards. I mean, he paid for shipping, but it came out to $40. And these were like two junk wax era sets, two or three sets we're talking like maybe 800 cards total, and it came out to $40. That's a lot of money to ship some junk wax. Yeah, and I, I don't know if it's relatively affordable to go the other way, but I know a lot of Canadian folks up there are having major issues with shipping, not only because of the cost, but the the postal service is leaves leaves a bad taste in many people's mouths so yeah but i no i i do think because i mean a lot of times like you know i i buy stuff from canada and i have it shipped and generally it's pretty affordable i think with like the lower the smaller packages it's fine i i wouldn't buy a set of cards from canada though because like one of the sets that was one of the junk wax sets that i really wanted and i finally tracked it down so you know 9192 score Canadian yeah. English. Okay. Well, all the factory sets that I would find would be Canadian bilingual. But I wanted a Canadian English set because I wanted to put it in pages, but I wanted to put it in pages and I wanted it to be the one with more English text on the back, right? right. Because it's going to have twice as much information, you know, whereas the bilingual cards they usually 
you know, they 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 summarize the paragraph and then they also translate it into French. So I was finding people in like Canada who had that set, but it would be like $25 to ship a 660 card set. And I, I was just, I didn't want any part of that, you know, but you what know, does that weigh five pounds? Probably five, six pounds. Yeah. I could see that, I guess. Yeah. It's been a while since I've sent something to Canada. So I know the last time I was sending bubble mailers up there, it was costing me about five fifty. Oh, roughly. that had to be. And that was just regular first class. Six years ago. Oh, it wasn't that long ago, but it, oh, it's been a couple a while. years ago. They it's pretty much least, doubled it. I was going to say it's been at least six, seven months since I've sent anything to Canada. Yeah, they they oh. upped the rates again in January, oh. so that was uh, that was a bit uh, bit of a shocker. Surprising, but not surprising. So yeah, so definitely if you go to this uh, virtual expo, sportcardexpo.com slash VE, definitely drop in the Puck Junk booth and say hello, maybe buy a t-shirt. Um, actually, my shipping to Canada on those are not so bad because they're not heavy. They're heavyweight cotton, but they're not like heavy, heavy. They're uh-huh. not like, they're so not like, yeah, they're not like shipping a set of Bowman, 9091 Bowman to somebody. Uh, that that's That's more expensive. So, um, I wanted to talk for this show about 8990 Tops and Opeachy. And Tim, who has a great memory, says, 8990 Tops and Opeachy, didn't we talk about those in a previous podcast? And I said, why, yes, we did, Tim. We talked about them in our very first Puck Junk podcast, which was a little over five years ago. Now, I don't really feel like, I don't feel like we should celebrate a five-year anniversary because we took two years off. So three-year anniversary? Yeah, it's still five years. Okay, five years. Yeah, we'll just skip every other year, right? It's we, like... We, we did our podcast. We just did it in person, and it was just us talking to each other. Yeah, it was just us talking to each other, right? So, um, so anyway, so yeah, so we talked about that. And what was funny is that we talked about... 1415 OPG Platinum and 8990 Tops and OPG in under 30 minutes. We talked about those two sets. And right now our podcast is already at like 38 minutes or so. <laughs> so like um, whatever we said, we didn't either. We didn't say enough, but I think, you know, that was five years ago. And I think it's okay. Cause it's an anniversary. I mean, um, 8990 was that last year of just two trading card companies making hockey cards. And really it was just the same set. One was just kind of like almost like an update set, if you will. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm fond of 8990 tops and 8990 OPG. And uh, was that the first set you collected as a, as a kid? Uh, it wasn't the first set I collected, but it was the first set I actually bought as far as packs go, um, you know, I had collected, I had been collecting cards for years prior to that, but it was mostly just baseball and football with a little bit of basketball mixed in. And I had some hockey from, you know, friends that would trade me things and here and there. And, um, I just never actually bought a pack until that year. And eighty nine ninety tops was the first hockey packs that I bought because they were the first ones that I found in regular old stores like the really? pharmacy or um, 
in uh, we didn't have we didn't have a Kmart, and I I know I talked about this on our original podcast, but uh, we didn't have a Kmart in our area, but we had a store called James Way, which was very much like Kmart, um, and that store mm-hmm. uh, that store sold them. Um, but yeah, the pharmacy the pharmacy actually carried them. And I believe the grocery store as well. I think Giant Eagle had them. But, wow. Uh, and we're talking eighty nine ninety, not ninety ninety one. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. They they didn't have many. Like you occasionally found it and it was at the it was on the bottom shelf of all the candy bars. So mm-hmm. you really had to look for it to see it. Mm-hmm. But uh but yeah, it was there. I remember 8990. So the reason why that was such a special year for me. So that was my first full season as a hockey fan cuz I got into hockey halfway through the 89 8889 season. So I remember going to a card shop and I had some money, maybe it was birthday money, and uh I bought the complete 8889 top set. And then I used money like here and there I bought 8788 pack by pack building that set and that was a, that was a brutal set to build just because you know you have 66 cards that are short printed um so it was just like there were cards that took me forever to get and I kept getting the same guys over and over again um and so that was frustrating um and in 8990 when that set rolled around I went to the card shop and I decided that I was just going to buy a box. Like that was the first time I bought a full box of cards all at once. Cuz like 85 was when I started buying baseball cards and in 85 I also bought some football cards and in 86 I collected Topps football and in 87 through 89, 90 I kind of collected some baseball and some football but 89 is really when I got into hockey but I I like made the decision I said you know what 50 cents a pack $18 a box if I buy a box and I did the math I'm like I will definitely get enough cards to build a complete set and I'll get the four box bottom cards and hopefully I will get all of the logo stickers cuz all of the stickers cuz uh 8990 tops you had 198 cards so 196 player cards and two checklists and then 33 stickers 12 all-stars and 21 logos and then 16 box bottom cards um and so anyways you know with 36 packs per box 13 cards per pack you have a chance to get a whole set uh in fact I did get the whole set And in as far as the stickers go, I want to say I got almost all of the stickers. I I had a few doubles. I know that like my sister had the frustrating ability to get whatever card I needed cuz I bought 36 packs and she bought 4 packs. And in the 4 packs that she bought, she got like the two logo stickers that I didn't get in my packs because I got like some doubles, right? But whatever. Um or maybe she got like I don't know one player and one logo sticker so it's just really frustrating cuz you know of course I made some lopsided trade in her favor to get those cards um but I was pretty happy to do that I mean that to me that was fun right and then the next year you couldn't really do that because all the sets other than OPC Premier were like a couple hundred cards per set and so you couldn't just buy a box and and build a set right. um and then real quick I just want to toss out just um So 50 at the time they were 50 cents per pack, 
13 cards, one sticker, one stick of bubble gum. The key rookie cards, you had Joe Sackick, Brian Leach, Trevor Linden, Kirk McLean, Cliff Ronning, John Casey, John Cullen, Dave Manson, Tony Granato. There's a bunch of other guys who are like, you know, decent. Those are some of the best players that are uh, in that set. And not all of them are Hall of Famers, obviously. But, you know, they all had like respectable careers, um, played a long time. Uh, and then, of course, you got the Hall of Famers, uh, Joe Sackick and, and Brian Leach. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was I liked that set that, that that was a lot of fun to collect. It is. It's uh, it's still a good set to put together. I mean, the fact that you got the Sackick and the Leach card in there right there, the, so- the cards cover themselves. So now Opeachy was a little bit of a different story because Tops would come out in around October or maybe early November. I remember it being pretty early in the school year when they came out. And then Opeachy would come out in January. Um, so it was kind of like an update set because there'd be more cards and sometimes they'd add that like now with whatever team on, on the front, you know, when a player would change teams. Now, in the 70s, they would actually, if they could they would use like a different photo. Like you remember Terry Crisp's 72, 73 tops card, right? He's like, like they painted over his Jersey. It like, I want to say they just painted it like straight white or something. Does that, does that ring a bell? There were so many like that back then. Yeah. But his uh, Opeachy card, he's actually pictured in an Atlanta flames uniform. So okay. they like, actually, they actually like took the time to, um, like pick you know to get an updated photo of of those players like in the 70s so you'd have like some differences some real differences but by like the late 80s opg would just kind of phone it in maybe they would change the border and say oh this guy's at the blackhawks change it to a blackhawk logo and a blackhawk border and put now with blackhawks or just add a little bit of text that says now with red wings or you know whatever um so 8990 OPG came out later that year, around January. 330 cards, 295 player cards, 21 team cards, five highlights, six award winners, three checklists, no inserts. And then um, there were also 16 bo- box bottom cards. Your same key rookie cards, plus Theo Fleury's also in the set, uh, his rookie cards in that set. Uh, and then they were 50 cents a pack as well, seven cards per pack, not 13 but only seven and 48 packs per box so you're getting half as many cards because in canada i guess they could get away with that uh they get away with so much in canada so much (laughs) so i remember buying that set from a mail order uh catalog or no it was like an ad in like one of those like sports could have been baseball card news or sports collectors digest or something like that. And I remember the buying set? the OPG set. Okay. I bought a set from somebody and it took forever. And I was excited because somebody said, Oh, it has Adam Creighton's rookie card and Adam Creighton was on the Blackhawks. And I was just like, Oh, cool. All right. And then I was just like, like, but nobody knew the checklist until they actually had the cards in hand because there was no Beckett hockey then telling us all the cards in the set or, or, or internet, like leaking the whole checklist. So I was really hoping that Jeremy Roenick would be in that set because he played something like 20 games the previous year. 
in the regular season. He was called up on an emergency recall from junior hockey. He kicked ass for like 18 or 20 games. He had something like, I want to say like nine goals and nine assists in like 20 games. So he's almost a point per play, point per game player. And then he played the entire playoffs with the, with the Blackhawks. And I was just like, okay, he's played like more games. If you like 20 regular season games and then like, let's see, the Blackhawks made it to the conference finals. So, I mean, they played six games against Detroit, five games against St. Louis, five games against the, so 16. So he's already played like over 35 games. So I thought that would be good enough to get him a card, but it didn't. And that was really annoying because that would have been really exciting if he had an Opeachy card that year or a Topps card, you know, for that matter. Um, but uh, yeah, they were a little conservative then. They could have also put in Mike Madano. That would have been kind of interesting uh, to put him in because he did play. He was the first overall pick in 1988 and he did play a couple games in the 89 playoffs. So they could have put him in the 89-90 set, even though he didn't play a lot of games because they could have said, well, this guy's the first overall pick. He's going to be somebody. And likewise, I mean, that same summer of 89, you had Alex McGilney uh, defect from Russia. And so, you know, I remember seeing like the headshot of him in a Sabres jersey with like an NHL logo behind him or maybe a Sabres logo behind him. But the point is, is that they could have also put him in the set, kind of like they did the press conference photo of Gretzky in 88-89 because, again, McGilney was a damn good international player. But by then, it was like Opeachy and Tops were kind of like... Hall wait. of Famer, too. Yeah, they, they were kind of like wait and see. Like, well, we'll wait and see. And if they're good, we'll put, we'll put, them, we'll put them on a card if they're good. But if they're yeah. not, you know, but, but until then, you know, like they said, you had to earn your rookie card. You know, it wasn't just like, oh, you were drafted. Oh, you're friends with somebody who knows somebody. Okay, we're going to put you on a card. And that was that was prior to the the rule change, right, too? Because that didn't happen until the lockout. Yeah, I mean, you had a lot of cards. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, even though, like, there were rule changes, um, there were rule changes that were brought about by the Scott Niedermeyer and Pat Falloon Pro set CC insert cards, but that would have been the the next year. Oh yeah, but what I'm saying is that the rules were constantly evolving because at this point there were really no rules. Yeah, and then by well, what other precedent was there for them to create a rookie card for a player that just showed up at the end of the season? Well, they put Bobby Orr in the sixty six sixty seven set, and he hadn't played a single game. Yeah, but nobody's ever heard of that guy before. Give me somebody that people have heard of. <laughs> there are guys in early OPG sets who uh, appear on cards without having played in, uh, by early, I mean early 70s. There are guys that have played, uh, that have appeared on cards without any NHL experience. Like if it'll say no, no NHL experience, you know, like, Guys who like signed with like the Islanders or the Flames or whatever. Yeah. So I mean, there 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 was some precedent for it, but 
by the late seventies, early eighties, late eighties, nah, you 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 played your way. You played a season and impressed people, and you get a rookie card. Or sometimes you'd have to do two or three years to get a rookie card. Um, so, oh, you know, another another interesting thing about the eighty nine ninety set. So, um, I like the design because it doesn't have white borders. It has that blue border at the top and blue border at the bottom, and it's kind of got like this. I thought it looked like ice, like ice borders on the side, like a marbled ice texture, yeah. which I just think looks cool. I think it's cool. I mean, I mean, you know, obviously colored borders, they get dinged. They don't look, um, you know, or I, I don't know, like they're, they're harder to keep mint, but I just like them because they're colorful, right? Like this set, if it had white borders, it would not be as striking. I don't think. Right. Um, and even and, if and it, it was, even if it was solid on the other sides too, it still wouldn't, it'd be, It'd be more like the 7980 where it's all blue. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. I just, I thought this was, I thought this was a really unique, fun uh, looking set. Um, This was the last year that Tops and Opeachy resorted to airbrushing photos. Um, There are 18 cards in Opeachy. So some of those are in the top set and some of them are only in the Opeachy set where they basically, they repainted, um, their their uniforms to look like they were with different teams or in some cases their uniforms and their helmets so uh you know bernie federko tony mckegney and uh borea salming salming looks like a freaking ufo from close encounters is is landing on his head because they added like all these little uh bits of like glare off his helmet i gotta tell you man your helmet is not that shiny i mean even under the brightest lights it's not kicking off that much reflection as he has going on there. It looks like the freaking mothership from Close Encounters. And then, of course, there's the um, Randy Cunnyworth card, which you refer to as the shrunken head card. Yes, where his entire body is repainted over with a Jets uniform, including his glove and his stick, because he was wearing a Penguins uniform when they took the picture. Right. So they airbrushed over it, and then his, his hand looks like a cartoon. Like you wholeheartedly look at the hand and you expect to see extra fingers. It's his glove, you mean? Yeah, his yeah. glove hand. It's on the stick. Yeah, it looks so. It looks so fake. Yeah, it's it's a weird card. That's and, for and sure. Sp- and speaking of fake, one of those cards is fake and doesn't exist. The error card. Yeah. Okay. So now I've actually. So what's changed in five years? So let me see. So Stephen LaRouche, who used to be the editor of Beckett Hockey, told me that the card does not exist. Al Muir, who also was and currently is, again, the editor of Beckett Hockey, tells me the card does exist. There is an image of the error card on, um, what's it called, on a, a trading card database, but I can't prove that that's for real and the only difference is well, that the, the text underneath his name says pittsburgh right. penguins instead of right. winnipeg Jets. right 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 and if you remember the original theory behind it was there's a card with him in a jets uniform that's been airbrushed and there's a card of him just wearing the regular penguins uniform and that was the, supposed to be the two differences they airbrushed one and they didn't airbrush the other but 
in actuality, what came out later on was, no, the real error is both of them have been airbrushed, but one still says penguins and the other one says jets. So the one that still says penguins supposedly popped up, uh, I don't know, maybe five or six years ago now on mm-hmm. Check Out My Cards and sold out um, as soon as it hit their inventory for about 25 bucks or something like that. Really? Wow, I would have um, paid 30 But that's the only time I've ever seen an image of that card like that. And you're right, there is one on Trading Card Database, and supposedly there's 60-some people on there that say they have it in their collection. But uh, Well, when I asked some of them and I said, hey, would you trade me this card? They looked and they said, oh... I don't have that one. I just checked, like, have, you know, the, they just, like, like just... They just checked it, whatever, right. Checked yeah. everything. They and just I figured said as much. Right. So, I don't even know how many people actually have that card, but... I, I don't mean, know that anybody does. In fact, like I said, the only the only proof, per se, was the fact that Check Out My Cards had it, scanned it, put their little stamp on it, their little... Their little uh, right, watermark. Uh, watermark, and... It existed at one point. You can still find it if you go to... The, there's a link out there that you can go to and see the picture of it with the COMC stamp and actually look at the sales history. And it was one sale, sold one time, and... Sorry, I was wrong. It was $23 sold for. Man, and I am so pissed because I've wanted that card for 30 years. But everybody has. Because yeah, but it's like one of those right rare mind. enigmas. Yeah, that's why I want it. Because if you're a Jets mind. collector, if you're a Penguins collector, if you're a Randy, Randy Cunnyworth, Cunnyworth collector. collector, if you're a bad coaches in the NHL collector, if you're a shrunken head airbrush card collector, I mean, all of those people would fit into that category. Sure. Yeah, so I... Yeah, if you have that Randy Cunnyworth error card, please, please, please sell it to me. I, I've I've wanted this card for 30 years. You know, I've wanted to disprove its existence or prove its existence. And if I have it, dude, seriously, I'll put out a full page ad in all the magazines and be like, this card exists. You know, just to just to say like, hey, it's 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 out there, right? Because it's it's a bit of a mystery. I mean, I know now more. You know, you know, it's 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 mentioned a little bit more, um, but yeah, that's just one of those cards that like. I mean, there's so many. Like every time somebody has a top set for sale at a show, I'll dig through it just to see if it has that one because it's an easy easy error to overlook. Well, I've never physically seen it, and you've never physically seen it, and obviously, I look for penguin cards. I'm aware of this card. I know there's supposedly one that's supposed to exist and I've never seen it. Right. So, you know, it, it always makes me wonder whether that image that was out there that shows penguins on the bottom, um, it was actually doctored up by somebody, but then, then again, check out my cards had one and it's in their sales history. So if they physically had the card and scanned it, I mean, of course, they don't do authentication, so I'm sure they didn't, you know, check it out and make sure it was real. But still, they had it in their possession and somebody bought it. Where it exists now, I don't know. Hmm. 
That's interesting. You're right. They yeah. don't authenticate it. So I I don't think these would be Is it still in the big book? I haven't looked at one in years. The big book? Yeah. Does Beckett still put out the big book, the big annual? Yeah, but I don't even know if it's listed in that. It, it probably, used to be. It used to be, but it, it's, I don't think it is. Okay. I don't know if the consensus came down that they had to remove it because, I don't know. No, I mean, I... I, I Here's the thing. If there was one, this is my this is my theory on the whole thing, and I don't want to beat a dead horse here, but if there is one, it sounds to me like if there's only one and if there's only been one or maybe even if there's only been a dozen that have showed up over the years, that tells me one thing. It was never packed out as an error card. And right. it's probably one of those jacked up ones from the print print line mm-hmm. that one of the employees took with them. Mm-hmm. And so an employee had it in their collection at some point, And that's how it got out in the wild. It was probably never supposed to be released. Well, but... Okay, so back at Hockey Number One, there's an article about 8990 tops in it. And they mentioned the Randy Cunnyworth error card. But he's very vague about what he says. He just says is is listed as being with the penguins or shows him like it, it's vague. It doesn't say like it has a penguins logo or it has a penguins photo or the Texas Pittsburgh Penguins. It just says shows Cunnyworth with the penguins. Yeah, um, and I think that's why the 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 general consensus of the rumor was that one card has him as a Jets airbrush. The other card has him like he's supposed to be in the Penguins uniform versus what we see later on. No, they're both airbrushed. It's just one is printed with Penguins on the bottom instead of Jets. So, well, no, he was with the Penguins the previous year. So if they had, if they had shown him with the Penguins, he would, it would have been a photo and not a, not an airbrush. Right. And it would have, had him in the picture as the regular picture, it would have said it could have been a, it could have still been a jets card and said something like now with jets or something like that. Right, right, right. But here's the thing, like all the guys or almost all the guys that are uh, airbrushed in this set, uh, they were all traded around the same time. And it was during the draft when you had guys change teams for picks or whatnot. Sure. So, I mean, they, they made the decision then in like June, like, okay, let's get all of these guys updated for their cards in September or October. You know what I mean? Cause I remember like, I remember seeing the Pat Verbeek card and like, okay, maybe I just didn't look at it that hard. Um, but just kind of looking at it and go, Whoa, they have a card of him with the whalers already. That was fast. Like, and not like looking at it hard enough to see that like, Oh, okay. They painted this card. Because, I mean, at first glance, the helmet doesn't look so bad. The jersey, you don't really see a lot of the logo. And if you don't, like, scrutinize the neckline too much, if you just glance at this and take it at face value, you just go, oh, okay, he's cool. They got a picture of him as as a whaler, right? But then you see something like uh, Salming or, like, Larry Robinson with his jersey that is, like, it looks like he's wearing, like, um, like, his jersey is printed on, like, like that reflective material that the uh, construction workers wear. Like they have the yellow vest, but it also has like that the the white stripes on it that are reflective. You know what I'm yeah. talking about? Yeah. Like that's what Larry Robinson's jersey looks like because the Kings logo is like way too shiny. Yeah. Well, and you're 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 probably right. The way that that would have that would have gone down, which makes me think even more that it was 
something that was done as like a proof or a prototype or something. And it was messed up because yeah, they airbrushed him. That's the only photo is him being airbrushed. So the error is them putting him in a jets uniform, writing on the card with the jets logo, putting it in the colors of the jets, but then writing Pittsburgh penguins underneath, underneath or right next to the jets logo. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's where the true error lies is right there. And, you know, if the card exists, great. If not, I don't know. But like I said, I, my theory now is that it existed merely from the standpoint of it was an error card that an employee took and mm-hmm. it was never intended to enter into the wild. Right. That's what right. I think. Kind of like, like, where do you, where would you classify? And I know you don't have this card, but where would you classify like the, uh, the 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 uh, 9899 or was it 99000 the the upper deck century legends card of Ken Dryden that's just like that test pattern you know what i'm talking about yeah i've seen some of those sell pretty pretty good really how much cuz i have one um i haven't looked in a while but gosh i can't even i can't even remember well do you classify uh-huh. that as an error or just as a card that is that 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 doesn't like it exists but it doesn't um i mean it exists obviously because it because i have one you have one right right? but it doesn't have ken dryden pictured on it it doesn't have anything on the back it's just literally the back is blank the front has a cmyk test pattern and then they embossed dale earnhardt jr on the card. Really? That's who that's that's who's or, on there? Or uh some race car driver. If it's not Earnhardt, uh it's if it's sorry, not Junior Dale Earnhardt or maybe um I, I don't know. I should know because I wrote about that card like yeah. a how half many dozen times. How many of them do you think exist in five. the wild? There's I've, only five? I've heard that um about five of them may have gotten out i've talked with people who've been able to confirm the existence of two or three of them i've been able to con- i have one and then i was able to find a picture of one online that wasn't the one that i had so i know that there's at least two and then i know upper deck has one because an upper deck employee actually got ken Dryden to sign it and it only the only ones that they the anybody knows about are the Ken Dryden one, right? There aren't about? other there aren't other players that show up in the world like that too, right? No, it's just so, that card. Yeah. So what happened was we're getting off topic here, and I really need to um I really need to look up the uh the if it's eight but um it's probably 992000 that was the century legends set wasn't it yeah that was it okay 992000 uh century legends hockey it was like the top 50 nhlers of all time so what happened was is that Ken Dryden didn't want to be in the set so what they did was right. they pulled his card but they still had a spot for it on the sheet so they threw a CMYK test pattern where his picture would have been so that they could just see the card and then just pull it out. But then they also embossed it with an image from a racing driver card 
so that they like if they were just feeling it like oh this card's lumpy and you pull it out right so it had bright colors on one side it was blank white on the other side and then it was lumpy so they were able to find it and pull it um but a few of them made their way into packs so you're thinking five huh yeah i think that that's better than like something numbered to five i think because yeah, there's it's... there's the theory behind it. There's like a story behind it. Mm-hmm. Like like a card that's serial numbered out of five. Well, that card was intentionally made. You know they only made five of them. Right. You have one and somebody else has the other four. Right. And they're out there in the world. Or maybe they're still in packs. Who knows? This is like, oh, this exists. I've never seen one. Right. You know, how many are there? I don't know. Right. We know five. There could be more. There could right. be less. Well, kind of like the uh, 8990 Action Pack prototypes, right? Like uh, Gretzky, Lemieux, and Iserman, right? I mean, there's a finite amount of those. Yeah. Um, I've heard 300 Gretzkys, 200 Lemieux, and 100 Isermans. However, I've seen the sheet that they were printed on, and they were all printed in the same amount because they were printed on a sheet with other cards from other sports i want to say they were printed on like maybe like an up like a football update set and they didn't print like in order to do that ratio like you would print three gretzky's two lemus and one iserman on every sheet right if you were going to have three times as many gretzky's as iserman's right right but the sheets that i saw had them all in the same amount so i'm not even sure if um if they're like if if they're printed in different increments well i can tell you i've seen the gretzky one more often but that could also be because he's gretzky and it's gonna Maybe. show up you know like, because it's... I, I don't know that i've ever seen on iserman in the wild i saw a lemieux once it was graded and i wasn't paying the money they wanted for it but right yeah, i've seen i've seen the gretzky card numerous times i've seen it raw for about 40 or 50 bucks and i've seen it graded for up to 500 so and i've seen those cards the card the copies of those cards that i have and i don't know if this was some sort of aftermarket um invention but they're in um like the 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 two-piece snap together holders but they have an action-packed logo on them and they're actually a little bit thicker to accommodate for the puffy cards because you know how you couldn't put an action-packed card in like a standard um, top, top loader, right? right? And you yeah. wouldn't want to put it in a standard like two-piece snap ca- uh, snap together uh, card, not not a, not a snap case, but you know what I mean, like for one card because you'd squish them, right? And this was one that was made for that sort of card, for an action-packed card. Yeah. Yeah. So wow, we've we've gone off topic. Uh, <laughs> we always do. Well, no, I mean, it's just that the the thing, though, is that when you collect for a long time, you find things that remind you of other things, and you find cards that remind you of other cards, and sometimes you just find, like, weird, like, I don't know, patterns. Not not even patterns. There's no pattern here. It's just that this Cunnyworth card has eluded me, and I guess the point that I wanted to say is that I have one of these, like, rare-as-hell Ken Dryden cards that aren't really cards like, I was able to track that down. I mean, I have some... I'm not bragging. I've just been collecting a long time. So you start to find stuff. I mean, 
I have like proof cards that like found their way out of like the back door of like factories that like were like destroyed, like creased, but then like dug out of a garbage can and ended up on like the secondary market. Like I have like a card. It's it's of Lemieux. Sorry, yeah, it's Lemieux and and Lindros shaking hands and. The card is, like, signed by both of them, but the version that I have is only signed by Lindros. Why? Because they probably had Lindros sign a bunch of them, and then they probably took them to Lemieux because Lindros was one of their paid spokesmen, and so they probably said, hey, Eric, can you sign 105 of these cards? And then they probably had Mario sign 100 of them or whatever, and then they probably had, like, a few leftovers with Lindros's signature only, Right. What, co- but that, what card is this from? What set is this from? I, I don't know. I got a blog post about it. Google hmm. me. <laughs> but it was like like one of those like 96, 97 or 95, 96. Um, I, I put an article up on it on Puck Junk. But like, you know, the dealer that sold it to me is like, well, it's supposed to be signed by both of them, but it's only signed by one of them. And I'm like, yeah, OK, I'll buy it because that wasn't supposed to happen. Yeah, I I can't say that I know that or I've seen that. Right. So, I mean, that's just the kind of weird stuff that I, I, I try to find. I mean, you know, one of these days I'm going to get one of those infamous Wayne Gretzky haircut cards. Uh, the Red Rooster. I want to say it's 82-83 Red Rooster. Yeah. You know, um, eventually it'll turn up. Oh, so speaking of rare and weird and interesting and offbeat, so um, there are different, there's an alternate version of some of these Opeachy cards that are referred to as the Tembeck Test Issue cards. So what happened was, was in 8990, so probably in early 1990, Opeachy was saying, you know what, we want to use different card stock for the next season. So they had these different card. they had these cards a sheet of cards, 132 cards printed on this brighter, whiter cardstock, the same cardstock that they used on 9091 Opeachy and 9091 Opeachy Premier. Um, so these are referred to as Tembeck test issue cards because the paper was from a paper factory called Tembeck. So that's just why it, it was called that. So ale- allegedly, there were a hundred sheets of these cards printed up and then they eventually found their way out onto the secondary market. Now I didn't learn about these until like 2005 or 2006 and I bought a full, I don't want to say set because it's 132 cards skip numbered, but I bought a full set from somebody and then I bought a stack of them from somebody else. Right. And, um, I've heard rumors that they actually printed more than a hundred of these, that at this point, hockey cards were becoming an investment because remember 8990 Opeachy went back to the press and they did a second print run of their Opeachy cards. They're not considered reprints, but they went back to the presses and they, um, they printed more of them. They basically flooded the market because summer of 1990, I can't was imagine able- a company doing that. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, let's let's not go there. Uh, so some of their employees listen to this show. Uh-huh. Um, so 89, 90. So summer of 90, I remember 
like going to different card shops. I remember we went to Wisconsin Dells and we, me and my aunt and my sister, and my grandma, well, my grandma was along for the ride. She didn't care, but like me and my aunt were into collecting. And so we just wanted to hit all the card shops that we could find. And everybody had Opeachy. Like they were pretty easy to find then because they had gone back to the presses. They had done a second print run. So What's funny is that, like, if you buy a box of Opeachy and it's, like, from an earlier uh, in the season, the wrappers are all, they have, like, different offers on the wrappers. They have, like, either the Say No to Drugs or for the um, NHL pens or for the hockey card locker or for the card collector belt pack. But then the ones You have one of those, by the way? I don't, because all of those things were only in Canada. You couldn't uh, order them in the U.S. Hey, but, if somebody has one of those lockers, take a picture of it. I want to see it. They're pretty cool. They're cardboard. I figured, but I don't know how many actually survived. Yeah, because they're cardboard. Um, and then I want to say that, like, later, the, um, when they did the second print run of um, Opeachy cards... All the wrappers are the same. They just have an advertisement for bazooka gum on them. Hmm. So they didn't vary, the, you know, instead of like varying the wrappers, they just went with one wrapper design, which, you know, is the same design. It's the guy celebrating the goal, but, you know, it doesn't have the different special offers. And I'm thinking that's probably because now we're getting close to those offers expiring. So when they, you know, if you're going to print, a bunch of cards for the summer, you're not going to print offers on them that are going to expire, you know, May 31 or whatever. Right. So, um, uh, yeah. So what they did was, um, they, they imagine that. Can you imagine, can you imagine that putting an offer for something on a pack of cards that expires? Can you imagine that? Gosh, what a world that would be. So, you know, the only thing I did order from uh, Tops, I remember ordering nine pocket pages that were advertised on, like, one of their baseball card wrappers. Like, you know, ordered these nine pocket pages, and I forgot what I paid for them, but I'm like, oh, that's cool. I didn't know those existed, you know? So, um, Who made I, those? I don't know if they were bcw pages i want to say they were either i don't i I don't think they actually had any branding on them Hmm. they didn't have a tops logo on them i wanted to say they were they were the the old vinyl pages but they didn't have any logo on them if i remember correctly gotcha because i remember when i phased out all my vinyl pages in like 1991 I remember getting rid of the other pages and some of them said BCW and some of them didn't say anything. I gotcha. Um, but anyway, so, oh yeah, so Opeachy, uh, they went back, they printed more of them, and therefore that's why the Opeachy set is actually worth less than the top set. And then that's also why there are rumors that there's more than 100 copies of each Tembeck card. So, you know, whereas like a Mario Lemieux Opeachy card maybe a quarter maybe a dollar but probably like a quarter to 50 cents because they printed so damn many of them and the tops one might be like a dollar or two um although that one is short or or that that one is double printed yeah um because it's pretty easy to to find but um the tempec one might sell for 30 50 dollars because it's mario lemieux maybe even more um 
But it seems like there's enough of them out there that maybe there's more than 100 of each card. I don't know. I, I never bothered to keep track or count them or try to buy them all up. Like, I'm just going to buy all of the uh, Steve Larmers or whatever just to just to, to see if there's more than 100, you know. Well, and I I tried to get a Lemieux Tembeck a couple times. I've lost to the auctions both times, but... Uh... There's a, the highest graded one out there is an eight and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, and the last time I saw it for sale, they wanted about 300 bucks for it. That wow. one, for just that one. But you can get, you can get an ungraded set. I've seen them for about 400 bucks. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's actually what I paid for my set back in, uh, God, was this, 90 no 97 no this would have been like 2006 yeah so it's it. held its value to me like i said again i like those kind of anomalies or sure. weird cards or whatever so yeah i mean if you're a player collector oh you know what might sick. be out there hmm. a randy cunnyworth tembeck error nope. Nope. <laughs> actually no because one they were they were using the opichi versions of the cards uh, so there wouldn't wouldn't have that, and also I don't think he's actually in the set because it's just it's skip numbered. So it goes for oh wait no there's a Randy. I think he Tyler is. He's yeah, 60, you're right. Sixty three, right? Yeah, card sixty three is in there. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that stick looks really bad. Like, wow. What they should have done, well, they shouldn't have done that in the first place. But if they were going to paint a Jets logo. What they should have done was they should have painted the card and then they should have cut the photo of the stick and then just glue it over it. Like they did with Dale McCourt's 7980 card where they glued a Kings logo on his chest of, you know, they they painted his Red Wings jersey purple, but then they cut and pasted a logo on his chest instead of trying to draw it. But drawing a stick, it just looks terrible. Draw, draw, drawing cards to make the pictures look totally different? What's the world coming to? Oh, wait. You just described Project 2020. <laughs> uh, I'm being feisty today, I think. Hey, not going to lie. Upper Deck, if you did some sort of Project 2020 of, like, hockey cards, you know I'd be all in, right? You know I would be all in. I think a lot of people would. I'd be like, oh my god, it's a, it's a, it's it's the ninety ninety one Joel Otto where he's blowing a bubble, but it's done by Banksy. I'll buy it, you know. And then the card like disintegrates as soon as you open it. <laughs> oh, he little, blows it. Oh, yeah. Little art humor there for people who know who Banksy is. The Jamie Leach ninety one card. He's blowing a bubble too. Well, eh, Joel Otto did it first, and he did it better. Yeah, probably. But, yeah, uh, I mean, I'd love yeah, to see artistic I mean, renderings of like, sure. of like upper deck yeah. hockey cards. Yeah, I don't want to get into that discussion here because we generally just stick to hockey stuff. But combining the art world and the sports world together, that's been crazy. That's well, just, it's hit or miss because if it's the art that we like, if it's like the Perez Steel type of art and like the Diamond Kings and Ice kings and ice masters and stuff like that we like that we like those really realistic but striking portraits but like you know ken griffey jr with googly eyes it's just like uh... wasn't that the card that sold the most 
So they had to print the most of those, and it caused the price to, like, bottom out. And everybody freaked out. I think that was the one, the goofy-looking one. That looked like, I don't know, it looked like it was made in MS Paint. Yeah. (laughs) But anyway, I digress. I like Upper Deck Masterpieces. Like, those are great. Yeah. Those are, those are great artist renderings. Those are great. I love those checklists from the early 90s. Um, yeah, Masterpieces. Yeah, we need to do a show about Masterpieces. Or did we? We did Champs, but no, we didn't do Masterpieces. Could probably talk about that because we have two two uh, incarnations of it. And yeah, And some extras right. thrown in. Because they've, they've used that name on insert sets and things like that. So... So, uh, anything else you want to see about say about eighty nine ninety tops or Opeechi? Damn you, Randy Cunningworth! Yes, please sell me your Randy Cunningworth errors if you have one. You know, I have a full unopened box of uh, tops hockey. You should sell it and advertise that it guarantees to have the Randy Cunningworth error card in it. No, it guarantees to have thirty six sticks of gum. Let's just say there's a hit in every pack. Gary V, should I open this box or should I sell it? You should sell it. I was asking Gary V. Oh. Yeah. No, I, I, I he doesn't listen to our show. I would um, imagine so. We don't no. talk about hot basketball cards. Yeah. So. Sick jersey patch auto, bro. We don't, we don't talk about hot basketball cards or Mike Trout. Yeah, you know, I, I, I have a box of those. And originally I was like going to open them because way back in like the 2011 or 2012, somewhere around there, I was doing pack breaks on YouTube and then I stopped and then I bought a box of 8990 tops and I'm like, well, I'm going to do pack breaks again. And then I was just like, "Mm, I don't know if I want to open this box. It's just, it's a box. Why do I need to open it? I already have the set. I already have a ton of doubles. I already have doubles of all the rookie cards. Why do I need to open it? You know what I mean? Like, it just didn't make sense. But, um, yeah. It's a rainy day thing. It is, except that, like... Bored. But then I wonder, does it have a Randy Cunningworth error in it? Is it the Topps box or Opeechee box? Tops. I wouldn't even mess with Opeechee because there's no chance of a Randy Cunningworth error in an Opeechee box. And... There's just and, and the Opeechee set is valued less. It's a better set because it has more cards, but it has less value because it's it's it was produced in such greater quantities. Wow, these are going for thirty five to fifty bucks. What are boxes of what Opeechee or tops? Oh, of tops. So, sale prices or sold yeah. prices? Sa- like, these are for sold. sale. Buy it now for sale. What about sold auctions? Oh, I wasn't looking at auctions. I was looking yeah, at anybody can ask right for now. anything. I could ask for a hundred dollars for this uh, Wayne Gretzky uh, award winners card, right? But it's no one has to buy it. So anyway, so um, yeah, I'm probably going to start doing pack breaks on YouTube again. Little pre, little preview. Now, if I actually put that out there, I actually have to do it. Yeah, I have videos and, of that. Of what? So I was doing this thing for a while where I was opening packs in my car. And it uh-huh. was, I called it opening packs in cars. <laughs> and I posted a ton of videos of just randomly, like, opening just a random pack and showing oh, no. it to the camera. 
not saying anything and just not saying anything and just showing the cards to the camera. Various things, all kinds of stuff like football, baseball, basketball, whatever. And all my, I forgot I posted them all. And all my video, I realized all my videos got flagged as inappropriate because, unbeknownst to me, the radio was on in the car in the background, and it mm. flagged all my all my videos as having copyrighted music. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Nope. So, they were all like blackballed or something. Like are they that. Are they no longer on YouTube? I think they're still on there, but I don't think I can use them to like advertise or monetize or whatever it is right 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 yeah they're all dumb but it was just something i was doing just because i was bored that's okay i'm probably gonna do that start doing pack breaks this week because i uh i'm home all the time and i'm finally kind of settled from my move i mean i still got stuff that i need to to unpack and figure out and whatnot I'm kind of at that point now, unpacking my collection, looking at it, starting to enjoy it again, starting to, you know, pick up cards that I need. I'm going to start trading again with people. And yeah, I'm going to start doing pack breaks on YouTube. Yeah, you've all been warned. So, um, all right, then. I think we're going to put a bow on this. Yeah. Sounds good to me. We'll put that BC exchange shrink wrap around it and, and, and say it's done. There we go. Thank you for listening to the Puck Junk Hockey Podcast. If you like the show, please like and subscribe. Please tell your friends. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter. I'm at Puck Junk. Tim is at The Real DFG. If you like the show, also please consider supporting it by buying a T-shirt at shop.puckjunk.com. Or if you want to talk hockey with other people on Facebook, talk about hockey, hockey collecting, hockey culture. Uh, you can check out our Puck Junk group on Facebook, which is at facebook.com slash groups slash Puck Junk. And until next time, thank you for listening to the Puck Junk Hockey Podcast. For more hockey goodness, follow us on Twitter at Puck Junk.